Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, and uh, gee, I hope you had a beautiful weekend. It's spring, or if you're in the certainly if you're in the southern hemisphere, <laughs> spring has arrived, and uh, it certainly has in Bondi. Although it's about to go away again uh, because we've got rain for the next uh, ten days, I hear. Um, so today, today, uh, I just want to share a little bit. Uh, firstly, over the weekend, my ex-partner, uh, Lotta's brother, arrived in Sydney and he has just, he's, he, he's in the military in Netherlands and he's just uh, driven from Perth to Darwin. Uh, they flew into Perth, they rented a four-wheel drive with a, a canopy that extends out to the side and uh, it comes with an EPIRB and everything and with an eight-month-old baby and... Uh, and two young teenage boys, uh, his wife and himself, drove from Perth to Darwin over 20 days. Um, it's the second time he's done it, and they talked about going to where the dolphins are and the whales and going to uh, Ningaloo and going to uh, very much inland to a, a, a station, a ranger station. So they had the best trip in the world. Um, do you know these trips are not without uh, challenges, um, he, but they didn't have any uh, as such. They saw lots of wild crocodiles, uh, went for into the gorges and walked up and swam in the high ones, of course, not in the low ones. So, yeah, what a what a what an experience! And of course, how wonderful is it that you can maintain a friendship of some sort with the people that you've got to know through somebody that you no longer want to know. So, uh, really good experience, really great to have him and the little eight-month-old baby. Oh my God, what a joy, what a joy, what a joy. That all said, today uh, you may have listened to the previous podcast where <laughs> my little puppies uh, came in to uh, join me uh, um, at my office and uh, we, we, uh, they became part of the podcast and I didn't finish doing the whole inf infatuation resentment thing. So I thought I'd ad lib it. Uh, I'm not going to go back to that again. It's too boring. Um, a lot of people aspire to what Thoreau uh, in his great writings called a quiet life of desperation. Um, they, they, in other words, they aspire to a life of mediocrity. Now, nothing's ever missing. It just changes form. So when we aspire to a life that is, and we talk about life in this case being seven areas of life, that is predictable, comfortable, not adventurous, uh, safe, um, we, we quite often ebb and flow towards a, re or a family as being the source of our stimulation. And so a quiet life of desperation doesn't exist. There can't be one. There's just a quiet life of desperation that has infatuation targeted to something in that life that is not, um, let's say, socially conspicuous. And very often it's the family. And very often because partners eventually get sick of being bullied, it becomes a quiet life of desperation with infatuation of the, of, of the children trying to control their tempest, trying to control their little spirit, 
trying to control their hearts, their mind, their bodies, their thoughts, their feelings, and their internet service. So we need to be mindful to make sure that we, we follow this script. Nothing affects the child more than the unlived life of the parent. Now, you find me a parent who's struggling with their, they had a dream to be uh, a psychologist and they failed out of it. They had a dream to be a, a lawyer, they failed out of that. They had a dream to be a good sports person, they failed out of that. And then they start trying to live that vicariously through their children. And they go, I hope my kids you know, get to uni and become great human beings. And I want the neighbors to think how great I am because I brought up two children. This is a big error, a big error, firstly, because the children are, are gonna push back, and secondly, because it's a waste of a good life. Infatuation is how we describe this thing about a quiet life of desperation. We infatuate things. We build things up out of all proportion, and we have a habit of doing it. It's like the old nursery rhymes we used to hear as kids. We say, Oh, I barrack for a football team and we build it up. We infatuate that team until they lose. And then what happens? We become, or people do become, quite seriously depressed. Recently, there was a game of football in Melbourne. I think it was Collingwood in Carlton. And Carlton had to win in order to get into the finals. All they needed to do was beat Collingwood. And in the last quarter, they were so far ahead, everybody started packing up to go home and Carlton had got into the finals. They started to infatuate this and celebrated too early and in the process of infatuation lost concentration and in the process of losing concentration Collingwood won and sent the Carlton people home very, very uh, forlorn. Now the next day on the radio um, there were many, especially those uh, social considerated uh, radio shows with talkback were talking about how to handle this disappointment. Now. The way to handle the disappointment is a very important topic. If you've, you know, if you've got disappointed like that, that's really important. But there could also be a, a whole series of radio programs about how not to get infatuated in the first place. Now, that knocks a lot of the fun and games we have in life out of the ballpark. Infatuated with a movie, infatuated with somebody, infatuated with a new car, infatuated with a pay rise, infatuated with a house, infatuated with the kids, infatuated. Infatuation is really the source of all resentment, pain, suffering, and struggle. The, in the Buddhism, uh, they call it desire. They mean infatuation. What they're meaning is when we, when we raise up hopes uh, of something being better than what it can be. For example, let's talk about the future. When you do your vision quest, you're, you, the person who's sitting here today, listening to this or driving the car listening to this, are going to be in the future doing that vision. When you get that vision, you're still going to be the same you. You're not going to be a different you. Just because you got a vision complete or you completed a goal, you're just gonna be you. And what happens quite often, especially with athletes post-Olympics, a massive wave of depression comes over you, a massive wave of disappointment. Now, I know many cases of uh, families where uh, a person has sort of become desperate. They've lost the run of the ball in terms of their career, blame the kids for it, blame their spouse for it, blame the market or blame the whatever, and 
become forlorn and then they've turned their focus to blame the family and the kids and they start getting hard on people. Now, what they're trying to do is get the same infatuation out of life that they had before, but life can't give it to them anymore because they're so disappointed in it. And they take that resentment by keeping infatuation with their hope that maybe something re rekindle in their dreams. They take the resentment about that and project it down into the family. Now, we need to be watchful of this. And the most important thing about being an inspired individual, about following inner wealth, is we don't become an enabler. Now, an enabler feels sorry for people. An enabler has what's called this fictitious word of compassion, which means an enabler feels sad that somebody's sad. An enabler feels uh, like they've got to fix something when somebody says something's broken. And that enabler will actually help an infatuated person seek more infatuation because the, ena the enabler will try to placate the downside of an infatuation. We have to be very careful. And it's better, I think, to either step away from the consequence of, uh, of infatuation, step away from it with others, or ask a, a more profound question. What did you expect other than disappointment when you went up with the ups? You've got to go down with the downs. There's an education process and you can be more polite than I just was here on the podcast. But I find this whole topic of infatuation breeds resentment probably one of the most important emotional contradictions that nature and inspired thinking and inner wealth introduces to a world that is trying to help people be infatuated. If you go to a landmark forum, if you go to an Anthony Robbins seminar, if you go to a Buddhist teaching, if you go to a church, it's all teaching you infatuation and resentment. And that is a, a world of ups and downsy, ups and downsy, that does not allow you to hold core, hold center, hold leadership, hold vision, be mature. What it teaches you is to be dependent, dependent on a counterbalancing family, dependent on a counterbalancing uh, philosophy or a counterbalancing religion, and actually teaches you to be up yourself. Now, a person who's up themselves will get put down. There is no question. And that up yourself is the difference between self-worth and self-esteem. If you're up yourself, thinking there's more positives in what you're achieving, more positives in what you're doing, more positives in who you're being than negatives, you're up yourself. And that is not going to lead to sustained performance. Sustained performance when you go, when you go I'm learning and I'm teaching. I'm listening and I'm speaking. I'm silent and I'm, uh, and I'm, and I'm speaking. So the poem that's at the episode 66, which I recited in the earlier podcast uh, on this, and I've also written on the Inner Wealth blog, it's a very important thing to get drilled into your brain that there is a time for everything. And actually, in the truth of life, that time is in the immediate moment. So when you speak, there's time between the words, which is silence. When you breathe in, there's time to breathe out. And the gap between the ins and the out, the, the doing and the not doing, the uh, ups and the down, the gap between that reveals our ignorance. So a very big gap between birth and death and thinking of life in that clumsy way is very unconscious. 
to say that every second, every nanosecond, every millisecond of my life, there's a birth and a death. And I actually can experience this in a very fine thing. Now, this is the law of harmonic, the fourth law of the universe, and that everything in the universe vibrates. Your table's vibrating, a rock is vibrating, granite is vibrating, concrete is vibrating. Everything is vibrating because it has cells and molecules and atoms and subatomic particles that vibrate in it. So there is nothing solid. Most of what you see, even a brick, most of what you see is a combination of atoms, molecules and subatomic particles compressed down. But if even if the greatest compressed down atoms, molecules and subatomic particles can't get smaller than a quasar. And if you look at the structure of something like a brick and then look at the structure of the universe and how much space there is between all the suns and the moons and the stars, you'll be quite shocked to find that most of outer space is space. And so most of a brick is space. And so there is vibration taking place. It's just at a very low state. Your thoughts are vibrations. There are high thoughts, there are low thoughts. Infatuation is an extraordinarily low thought. It's like the lowest note on a, on a piano. It's still the piano. You're still a human being. You're still worthy of love. There's nothing wrong with that, but there will be a counterbalancing, equally uh, impacting experience to infatuation, and that's called resentment. And those two low notes in life cause people a lot of struggle and a lot of suffering. Infatuation is like when I take people to Nepal, and I, on the first day we've got to walk up an eight-hour hill to, to Namchi Bazaar, and it's really hard. And I can say to people, at the top there's cream cakes and muffins and chocolate cake from a German bakery and all these things, which is absolutely true. In order to infatuate them to go through pain, which is the Anthony Robbins NLP model. But I don't. I say, at the top, there's a, there's, a, there's a really nice warm bed and there's good food and there's all these things. But at the top, it's not the top. And I try to present as a leader a balanced view of the future rather than an infatuated one. And I think this is something we all need to consider when we make promises we can't keep. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Bye for now.